to the It'll Buff Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Grachowski, CEO and founder of Five and Fly LLC. What if I told you there's no set path on separating from the Army? If you are an active duty Army officer seeking to separate from the Army in the next 18 to 12 months, here's the deal. Stay tuned. The fact of the matter is, people out there are going to tell you that there's a set path to go on, whether that's pursuing an MBA or pursuing a certain internship path. There isn't. And here's what I'm going to tell you. You can write your own path. You just need to be able to filter through the noise. This podcast is going to provide you with interviews, one-on-ones, and personal experiences that help you create an azimuth to guide you on the path of separating from the Army. This isn't going to have all the answers, but it's going to help point you in the right direction. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for tuning in. It'll buff. All right, welcome to this episode of the It'll Buff Podcast. I'm your host, CEO and founder of Five and Fly, Daniel Grochowski. And today I have with me a uh, another great special guest. Uh, so I've had Ryan on previously and we dove into his story. And now we get to hear the other side of his story from his wife, Katie. And, uh, you know, after we finished that episode with Ryan, I just... Ryan spoke very highly of his wife um, and throughout the throughout the whole separation journey. And I, quite frankly, was like, well, we need to just have Ron immediately. So let's just go ahead and schedule that. And so here we are, you know, recording this this episode. And uh, so, Katie, uh, I, I you are to me known as like the strongest woman in the world basically you know you're, <laughs> you're going in to give give birth and you're like no 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 go go do this interview down the road and we're going into the labor i can't remember exactly how the story went i know we'll get there i know we'll get to that point yeah. but uh please go ahead and just uh introduce yourself to to the listeners and then just kind of dive into your side of the story yes well um yeah i'm katie and i am an educator and a mom and a wife to Ryan. Um, we started dating at the tail end of high school, kind of just as he was making that West Point decision. I remember we were all like making our college decisions and he was like, I know where I'm going. I'm going to West Point. And I was like, what? <laughs> it was just really out of left field for me. And that kind of has been um, how we've operated in the military space, just sort of like you do you and I'll be here and we're going to figure it out. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we did, you know, a big chunk long distance, obviously when he was at West Point and when I was um, at undergrad and then a few years post-grad when he was sort of doing all the types of things like airborne school and ranger school and at Fort Bragg and, you know, kind of bouncing around. And um, I was living in Chicago at the time and then, we got married and I moved out to Fort Bragg and kind of got a, a bit of a, I won't say a rude awakening because I absolutely loved our time um, in North Carolina, but it was definitely a culture shock of all of a sudden being, um, I guess, a military spouse. And I was a bad army wife. Um, like I, no, she wasn't. no but I, I, I mean that in the way that I never really like bought in, right? Um, I never went to a single FRG meeting. I never, I never went to things like that. I think I got dragged to one like hail and farewell. And I like bounced early. I was like, this is just not for me. I had my own career and my own friends and I loved our life in Southern Pines, but 
the army part. I just, it was like, it was Ryan's job. It wasn't our lifestyle. And I actually think that that really benefited us when it came time for the transition is that Ryan was changing jobs and his lifestyle was changing, but I wasn't losing this like massive part of my identity. And I feel like for some families, when they leave the army, they're losing not only the job, but they're losing this big part of their identity. And I never made army wife part of my identity. Just not because it's, I have nothing but respect. Like I worked with some really badass women who their husbands were deployed four months every 12 months and had four kids and they worked and every kid was in, you know, travel sports and they are, you know, handling Hurricane Florence on their own. And there's no, I mean, really badass women. And I was always really impressed and definitely saw the sacrifice it takes. It just was never something that I was like, oh yeah, that's going to be how our family is going to operate or that's going to be my thing. <laughs> um, so really enjoyed our time in Southern Pines, really enjoyed our time at Fort Bragg. I know Ryan said in his episode, it was like the most fun he's ever had, which I, I, it really was. I mean, just, it was a blast. What he was doing at work was great until he didn't like it anymore. <laughs> you know, when he was a platoon leader, he was absolutely loving it. Like our weekends were so fun. We had great friends. We made, you know, um, great friends while we were there. So it was hard to say goodbye um, when it was time to say goodbye, but it was definitely time. <laughs> um, you know, Ryan, um, we bounced back and forth of, you know, are we going to stay in the army and do this thing? We love North Carolina. Um, Ryan was absolutely loving his platoon leader time. And there was a hot minute there where he really was considering um, staying in. I think it's hard too when you have, you know, friends and coworkers and superiors telling you like, you would be really great at this, or you should go to special forces selection, or you should join a ranger, you know, and, and all of those things sound really fun and exciting and important. And they are, right? Um, and so I think that that, for a while was sort of like, will he, will he not? <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, I just sort of wrote it out and I challenged his decision-making, um, definitely challenged his thought process. But at the end of the day, it was kind of like when he decided to go to West Point, this is your decision and we will figure it out if it, if it's truly what you want to do. Um, but let's, let's, kind of flush through that thought process um, because it's not just you anymore, right? We're a family unit now. And so, um, you know, we did definitely did have conversations about what it would look like to stay in. I think it was after your platoon leader time that you were pretty much like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> um, and for me, it was the idea of going back to Fort Leonard Wood. I was like, <laughs> I love Fort Bragg. I love the people we've met and this life we've created. But the idea of going back to Fort Leonard Wood for six months just was like, I don't know if that is what I want to do. Oh, man. Um, I yeah. feel your pain. I feel your pain. Yeah. So then started the whole process of, all right, we're getting out, job searching um, for both him and I. I was finishing out my school year. Um 
like I mentioned, I'm an educator. And so I finished out my school year in North Carolina. I was job searching. I was also getting my master's degree at the time. Um, There's a lot going on. Ryan. Yeah. So we're house hunting, Ryan's job hunting. Um, We actually, during this whole time, found out that I was pregnant for the first time. Um, That pregnancy subsequently ended in a miscarriage. Then we were all like dealing with all of that. So all of that kind of was layered on top of this transition time. Um, And so I think in Ryan's episode, he talked about this pressure to find a job. And I think all of those pieces just um, definitely added to that pressure. Uh, There was just sort of just a lot of context around that, um, that big transition. Um, but once we made the decision and we, you got a job, it was, Ryan was in Chicago living in our new apartment. I was in North Carolina, like I said, finishing the school year. And we were just sort of like, all right, let's just knock out these last few months apart. And then I joined him in Chicago and here we are. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> and wow. then, the, yeah, the real craziness started, you know, once we were here. But yeah, and that's I guess you know that's that's a different story for another for another episode. <laughs> but no, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, I all I can say is wow, that is, you know, to all the listeners out there listening to this episode and just going through that. That is, I think, just a uh, we're like reading this book, and the guy makes. Um, uh, I'm reading this book with my church community at, at, here in Austin. And, and the guy makes this reference to looking at a gemstone or like a diamond and all these different facets that are around the gemstone, right? And each look into the facet is a different one, equally as beautiful, but different. The light hits it a certain way, this thing. And I think that story in and of itself, right? Like, you know, it's just like Ryan shared, I think a good portion of that, but it's just like, when you hear it from the Y side point, you're like, Oh my goodness. It's like, and I did the same thing when I covered my story. My wife was like, Oh yeah. You didn't talk about this. You didn't talk about this. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's cause I compartmentalized that. That was a yeah, hard, right. you know, yeah. it's like, I didn't, didn't want to think about that again. All I can say is, wow. And, you know, I just want to say thank you for sharing about your miscarriage. I, you know, I, I've, I, it took my wife and I two years to get pregnant while we were in the army. Um, and it was one of those things that was a deciding factor. Uh, so I had the unfortunate, uh, event of having to go. So I was a field artillery officer. So I had to go back to Lawton, Oklahoma. Um, and my wife just like kicked me out the door and I was like, cool, I'll see you on the weekends. And, uh, I'm not going. And, uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't have a choice, but uh, needless to say, I, you know, the, the struggle is a little bit different to get pregnant. I, I really appreciate you sharing that. I think that's just, uh, uh, that's so great. Thank you for being so open with that. Of course. And, you know, that was a whole thing too, like fighting. We, I was in Chicago, we were fighting with TRICARE to yeah. medical things. And so that was a whole, that was a little bit of like, all right. And, you know, it was like the army was kicking us out. <laughs> like, yeah. Know? And it sort of felt like that. It was like, oh my God, now we're in Chicago and we can't find a TRICARE doctor. And we were sort of just like, okay, you know, we're, we're really out now. We have to figure this all, all of this out. Mm. Um, you know, and when Ryan left the army and he was in construction for a bit, um, you know, he was sort of, I don't think knew exactly what his passions were or what field he really wanted to go into when he was job searching. And um, like you guys discussed, his resume definitely lent itself to construction. And obviously he was good at the job, but it wasn't really fulfilling him. Um, And, you know, that was a whole nother 
hard thing to kind of walk through. So there's the transition is never easy. I don't think it's easy for anyone. Um, you know, like I said, we had some things going for us and then we had some things, you know, not going for us necessarily, um, during that time, but it's looking back. Yeah. Like you said, when you look back at it, you're like, Oh yeah, all of that was happening at the exact same time. Yeah. I mean, like you said, Dan, so many facets, everybody has a different experience. I mean, you're in a great position. You are never going to run out of podcast episodes because everybody's <laughs> experience is getting out, getting out is different. And then everybody involved, their experience has a different perspective. And, uh, and yeah, we've, we've, we've done it. We've came out the other side better for it and happy to help others that, that are going through it now. So. Yeah. I, you know, that's exactly it, Ryan. I think, uh, I, you know, I, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into when I started to kind of have these different stories. And it's just, I, you know, I, at the end of the day, do that. I was going to have some great conversations with some awesome people and, you know, and that was going to be fulfilling for me because I get to continue to talk to people. And I was like, well, you know, if this podcasting doesn't work out, then maybe I can start just like a nonprofit where I just talk with people as they like help them unpack what they just went through. Um, and so, so far it's kind of like a, a double-edged sword and I'm enjoying it a lot and it's just great. Um, you know, again, getting to meet people like you guys now, Katie, you covered, I mean, I have a, I have a list of notes here, um, and I'm excited to dive in and unpack this stuff. Um, I think the, the one thing that I want to start out with, um, you kind of hit it in the middle of what you were sharing, but I think is probably one of the most pivotal roles um, of, a you know, an army wife or an army husband, if you will. Um, and that's this idea of challenging the process that you're going through. And I think, you know, it can be, it can be intimidating. I think, you know, just being an officer and knowing kind of like my ego and those certain things, and just kind of like, depending on, you know, the, the dynamics of your marriage or your relationship that you're in, you know, like if you're a fiance, boyfriend, girlfriend, um, you know, just kind of like being able to challenge that. And I think it's so important. I'm going to have you dive into it. But before I, before I do that, I just want to encourage, you know, those individuals out there who are on the other side that although this thing seems intimidating and you may not necessarily feel like you have a great input or something like that, just, just challenging the process because like, as you know, officers, we just get very, like, we see the mission and we're like, we're going to go execute. Like we're going to execute. Like we've done all the risk mitigation. We figured it out. We've done this. And then it's like, no, 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 you forgot this one part. And so, yeah, just kind of, kind of elaborate more on like how you challenge the process and how you, you challenged Ryan, but you also were like, Hey, at the end of the day, like you said, it's like, I'm going to support you. And this is what you want to do. We're going to do it. Yeah. So I think, you know, a few examples of that, especially when it came to, the whole special forces selection thing. And again, that's really important work and a calling, I think. Um, and I, I always said, you know, when I would talk about it with people, if someone said to me, like, you can't be a teacher, if Ryan ever had the nerve, <laughs> right. To say to me, like, you can't be a teacher in inner city Chicago. I would be like, okay. And go to work, go to my job. <laughs> like I would just completely ignore it. So you know, I would never say something like that to him if he really felt like this was his calling. The only thing I would do is sort of, like I said, challenge his thought process. Like, okay, so then what's it going to look like when, you know, what's it going to look like when we have kids? 
what's that going to look like for my career? So if you're deploying this often and we have kids, I, and we're living far away from our support system, our support system is here in this, in Chicagoland. Um, then what does that look like? And, um, how does that affect our kids lived experiences? Right. And as a teacher, I, I'm in a military community, I got to see, um, the, how that lifestyle can affect kids positively and negatively, right? Mm -hmm. Some of the most resilient, flexible, um, strong kids with great sense of humor and, you know, so go with the flow and intelligent, but also, you know, there were some kids that it was, it was hard on, on them, that lifestyle. And I, I, so just having those conversations around what's, what's our life going to look like, not just when we make this decision, but five years down the line, 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line. Um, and then even with once he was applying to jobs and again, I've never, I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. So it was hard for me to kind of get in the mindset of, of someone who, I mean, Ryan, he did, he genuinely did not know what he wanted to do. Um, and I think that that, you know, it ended up working out because he joined, went, you know, went to construction and then going to booth, um, kind of is how he figured out that he wanted to make a pivot. So it worked out, he figured out, you know, and, but it was hard for me to, to sort of get in that mindset. So just challenging him to, to dig a little deeper and figure it out. Like, what do you want to do? What's because I, I working long hours doesn't bother me. Like him, you know, I got a taste of that in the army. He would do night jumps all the time. Like that not, working long hours doesn't bother me. Him working his tail off doesn't bother me. Um, but what does bother me is if when he comes home, not happy because he's doesn't feel fulfilled by his day's work. So that is sort of, I had to push him in and be like, what is going to make you happy? What's going to make you come home and feel like you put in a good day's work? Um, Cause it's not going to be jumping out of airplanes anymore. So we have to figure out what that's going to be. Um, uh. And then even, you know, like the story about um, the job interview when I went into labor, you know, my water broke at 3am and he had just come to bed because he was prepping for it. And I was like, all right, we have to go to the hospital, grab your suit. Cause you're going to go to that interview. Um, and I think he told the story of how it kind of bombed, but um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, did, I, did. I was like, I was, he's in the hospital room and I'm like, you need to go, like, you need to go and prepare and get in your suit and have a cup of coffee. We've been awake since 3am. You need to go and do that interview. So I'm just, you know, hanging around the hotel the hospital laboring alone and it was fine. And, but, you know, after when he was like, I didn't tell them, um, and I kind of have to push him there too and say, well, you have to drop that. Like, don't complain attitude that the army kind of instills in you. I'm like, no, 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 it's not complaining. Like you need to explain what's going on. You need to brag on yourself. You need to show. And, you know, um, that was something I kind of had to push Ryan on too. Cause he's just, he's an incredibly humble person. He doesn't want to ever talk highly of himself or, um, kind of brag in any way at all. And I'm like, no, you need to brag. <laughs> you need to tell them, like you need to tell them and you need to show them, um, how great you are. <laughs> so I think those are just some instances in which I kind of had to challenge him a bit. Uh, man, that, I think that's, I think that's going to rain for quite some time as like the greatest sub story inside of the transition story on the podcast. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to take that down unless they were like, 
unless you know i have some ladies come on ladies out there please come on the podcast i'd love to have the officer lady version you know like they're ladies who separate out of the military come on uh but you know if one of them were like yeah i was actually like giving an interview or i go to the interview like while i was giving birth like i think that would be the only one that like yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i think you know to that point that's you, you you take the cake there i think man it's just it's it's one of those things you know again i think the the challenge in the process is is pivotal um whether you stay in the army or not i think you know one because even though this is called you know the company is called five and fly and it's kind of about transition of the military i you know i also encourage listeners and, and other people that choose to talk to me of like hey maybe staying in the army is the right move for you it just looks like a different path like maybe you shouldn't pursue command and you should go pursue some of these other venues in the army that kind of give you more of that nine to five lifestyle that you're looking for um as you grow in your career um and so challenging the process just challenging it's like you know it's i think especially in today's world where right like covid rocked the world and these processes and what you know the what the status quo looked like and as we kind of find our way back to a quote-unquote status quo like we have the opportunity to influence that. So now is a better time than ever to challenge the process. So thanks for, thanks for sharing that. Thanks for, you know, uh, diving into that story. Gosh, I love, I love that story. It's, it's <laughs> one thing I'll, one thing I'll add there that I think Katie, uh, was great at both her parents and through our church preparation for marriage, people pointed out that you go from having your family that you grew up with as like family number one, and then you get married and that becomes like your new family, number one. And then you have your family as family number two. And for those of us in the military, like you have family number one, family number two, and then family number three, which is like your soldiers. And sometimes for me, like it can get very, the the lines can somewhat blur. Like you've, cause joining the military in and of itself, I would consider like is a calling. Um, and so like having your soldiers, you can feel like they are, of the utmost importance. And if you're not careful, sometimes those lines can blur and it was humbling at times, but also uh, one of the reasons why she's my best friend, in addition to being my wife is like, she could be like, Hey, I don't mean to sound arrogant, like, but family number one, still family number one, Ryan. Um, and, and, and you know, it's, it's a great reminder. So and she's, she's been, she's been with me since before the army and she's with me after the army and uh, every step of the way she's, she's both supported me and challenged me. Man, that's, that's so good. My, you know, my, I, this, the saying I always had and, you know, I would, I would choose to, you know, I live like I was stationed at Fort hood. My wife and I live in Georgetown, Texas, which is about a 50 minute drive. And we didn't have kiddos yet, but you know, it's like, I want to go spend time with my wife. So we're in the, you know, we're in the S shop and we're just closing things out. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting around waiting for something that's gone. Honestly, wait for it. Come and it's going to change in the morning anyway. So I would just cut out in my, you know, I remember one time, like I had already gotten high level rankings and stuff like that. So I didn't really, and I kind of made up my mind. I was like, okay, I'm going to get out. So like, I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to perform the best that I can because I owe it to the soldiers that were, were doing the planning for the training that they're doing. Like I owe them that, but I don't owe them additional time away. And I looked at, I looked at them and I was like, look, at the end of the day, well, if I do this right, you're not going to be here when all this is said and done, but my wife is. So I'm going to go home to her. 
And I think, you know, that's just, such, that's exactly kind of what, what you're saying, Ryan is like, yeah, yeah. Like family one, still family one, no matter what. Um, and you know, again, like I said, regardless of whether you get out of the military or you stay in the military, like, like that's, that's always going to re- remain true. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's funny you mentioned this, uh, you mentioned it kind of pretty early on, but this idea of being a bad army wife and <laughs> my, you know, my wife was the same thing. I think I got my wife to go to one St. Barb's ball, um, and never went to hail for a while. She's like, why would I go to one of those in a million years? I was like, ah, oh, they're kind of fun. She's like, no. Uh, yeah. and you know, and so, so anyways, I think it's, it's interesting because, you know, we look at that and, you know, I kind of, I would, I would encourage my wife. And I think in a way, like she would say I'm a bad army wife, but I would say, no, I think, you know, you're, you're a great army wife because you're challenging the norm. You're trying to say that like, Hey, just because I don't go to these events, that doesn't mean I'm, a, I, you know, like I don't, I don't care about Ryan and support him. And so I think as that, you know, I just, that, that was a trigger for me. And so I think kind of like un- unpacking that a little bit, I think, you know, what is some advice that you can give to, you know, the army wives out there to, you know, like, you know, you said like, there's a lot of like awesome women that you met. Um, and you know, some of them that are continue on. And so I think some of them kind of might feel that, but I think, you know, it, it, it's evidence that obviously you aren't a bad army wife. Cause like you're not married to the army. Unfortunately, like Ryan was, you know, we were kind of married to the army, but it's like, you're not married to the army. So it's like, yeah, you don't have to be a good wife or bad wife anyways, but yeah, kind of just expand on that and like how you can encourage, you know, the, you know, how this mentality can help kind of shape them to prepare to get like it gives them honestly like a leg up when it, when it's time to come to separate out of the military yeah i think that keeping my own career and my own identity was really important mm. um and luckily i'm in a career that i was able to get my north carolina license fairly easily my north carolina teaching license um and i was able to get a job fairly easily so it worked out for me so i don't I definitely don't um, underestimate sort of the privilege of how easily it worked out for me Um, and how for a lot of careers, it doesn't, Um, you know, in our little Southern Pines, our tiny little town, you know, there's not every industry, you know? So if, you know, if you're a chemical engineer, I don't know how many jobs there are right in Southern Pines. Um, So I do acknowledge that it was fairly easy for me, but I think just keeping parts of yourself that are just your own, because then transitioning, you know, in and out of army life, at least I've always been a teacher. (laughs) Um, and I made great friends outside of people that Ryan worked with. I had great coworker friends and I had, um, you know, there were two other girls that lived in Southern Pines and they really have like became family and we still FaceTime all the time. And they actually transitioned out of the army a year before Ryan and I. Um, so they were a class older than Ryan. Um, and so they, you know, they were great resources too, when, when we were leaving and just, um, holding on to some bits of yourself that the army can't touch, (laughs) I think is important because then when you transition out and you're, you know, in back in like civilian world and you still have those things, um, that feel familiar and kind of ground you. So Mm -hmm. I think that's important. 
Man, that's a great point of this identity of like how important your this idea of how important your identity is um, and maintaining that even while you're in the army. And I think, you know, that's just such a success to your point. That's just that helped help significantly in the transition process, because, you know, it's like I think it's hard enough. You know, when I was transitioning out of the military, I was not only, you know, going from officer to civilian, but I became a father. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it's like I had to figure out how to kind of, you know, do this father thing. And I'm no longer a soldier or an officer. And, you know, I'm a civilian employee. So there's like all this identity change. And, you know, quite frankly, we would have figured it out. But had my wife had to figure out her new identity on top of that, I was like, my head might have exploded, <laughs> you know? <And> so, <laughs> right. so I think it's one of those things where it's like, I, that's, I mean, that's such a great, that's such a great component and, and, and just such an awesome outlook. And I'm, I really appreciate you, uh, you sharing that. Um, now, one thing, you know, you guys kind of talked about, you, you dove into some of the things that were driving factors behind, okay, this is why we want to get out. This is, this is why we're making this decision. Um, and, you know, and as we go on, we'll kind of dive into this a little bit more on, on the other side of the house, but I, I kind of, I've been thinking about this idea of, you know, a lot of you rank things that you want, right? Like I want this thing or that thing. I want this job with this satisfaction or this salary or this location. And I think in that process, um, you know, it's getting back to that soldier mentality, right? Of, but I think it is a great mentality to have. It's this idea of what am I willing to sacrifice? And, you know, I think at the end of the day, having that candid conversation amongst one another of, okay, all else fails. This is where we, this is where the, this is where, you know, we draw the line in the sand and we're not going past that. So you kind of, you know, what was that for you guys? What was the thing that you weren't willing to sacrifice and, you know, how did you come to that? And, and, you know, how were you guys able to, you know, reach an agreement on that? I think the biggest thing was coming back to Chicago was Mm -hmm. the biggest non-negotiable. I think, when you say that, I don't think it was the city itself. I think by when, when she says coming back to Chicago, it means, you know, being around both, not just one family, but both of our families, both of our family twos are and from all of our our, and all of our friends that we grew up with. Um, I'm a big believer in community and support systems and I love our families and our friends. And so I knew that as we were starting our family, I wanted to be near those people. Um, so that was really important to us. And then Ryan also knew he really wanted to start his MBA. Um, and so having a job that could allow him to do that. So that knocked out things like consulting where you would be traveling during the week, right? Cause then you can't go to class after work. So that, you know, those types of jobs kind of got knocked out because Ryan knew he wanted to, um, get his MBA at night. So, you know, that, but those, I think, were the only two big ones. Those are like the non-negotiables. Yeah. yeah. That's I, that's great. I mean, that's and I, and I share this with Ryan as well, and I've said this several times. But the same thing for us. My non-negotiable was like, I mean, I both our both our family was are are, are from Sarasota, Florida, but it's interesting. I saw this, like this, uh, this tweet, the, they're called tweets, right? On Twitter. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm on Twitter. So the tweets, yeah. I saw this tweet where it was like, uh, something along the guys where this guy was like, you know, if you knew me in high school, 
you know, hit me up. I'd love to catch up with you. And the one guy was like, the one guy responded us, if you knew me in high school, I'm completely different. Don't hit me up. <laughs> and, and, I, and I saw that and I was like, that's, I mean, that's how I feel. I'm like, I'm totally di- Like when I was in high school, that was just a totally different Daniel and to, from where I am now. And so when Kate, like, I remember when we were like the original mentality was like, all right, we'll go to Fort hood. We'll do our thing. We'll go back to Sarasota, Florida. We'll be around family. But we actually found our family in our community here in Georgetown. And, uh, and so to your point, it like, it was a non-negotiable and that was like, you know, this community is going to help us out significantly more than we would lose if we sacrificed them to go somewhere else. Um, and so that, no, that's a great point. I think, man, it's, 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 it's really interesting that when you really get down to where, like, where does the buck, you know, where do you draw the line in the sand? Where does the buck stop? And it's, it, most of the time it's around that support system, like you're saying, because they are pivotal and we, obviously as everybody's heard your story it is not easy to do this thing and so the more people you can have in that sphere the the better um and so now we'll go to the other side of the spectrum right so what were you not willing to sacrifice and so i think this is important but as you guys came together and you had this decision right where it's like okay we're gonna do this thing we're gonna get out of the military what are like what were some of the things where you're like, okay, it would be awesome if we could do X, Y, and Z. Cause I think those are other things that are like good for people to think about of like, okay, this is, this is what we were dreaming about. This is where we landed and this is where we didn't, you know, we weren't going to sacrifice. I think being able to live and work downtown Chicago, um, that was a lot of fun for the past two years. Like we had a blast. Like yeah. you being in the loop, I worked on the West side and So we were never far, like our commute was 15 minutes for each of us. And we just had a blast um, living our life in Chicago outside of work. So that was wonderful to be able to live and work really um, close. Now we have longer commutes, but that's life out in the burbs. Got to move to the burbs when the kiddos start hopping around. (laughs) Yep. Um, And I think, you know, Another big thing that we thought about was financial help towards Ryan's um, MBA. Mm. Um, I was getting my master's degree and, you know, teachers, we don't get paid enough. And so it wasn't like Ryan could be going to school, you know, full time and we could just be like paying for it out of pocket. Um, And so finding ways to or finding a job or situation that could financially help with with Ryan's school ultimately we found financial means for Ryan schooling through like an army thing, right? So, yeah, like a veteran thing. Ch- chapter 31. That's um, right. Dan- yeah. Daniel yeah. and I talked about it on, on, on our right. episode. So not necessarily through his work, but that was something that when he was in discussions with, um, you know, potential employers, um, tuition compensation was something that we talked about would be great. <laughs> um, and anyone who's looking for further education after the army, I think that that's, you know, definitely something to talk to your employer about. And I'll, I'll add um, an aspect of work-life balance that we didn't have when we were in the army. Mm. Um, having gone through our miscarriage and understanding that we wanted to start a family, I was 27 at the time. Like 27 with probably a kid on the way in the next couple of months isn't a time to start a, in career and investment banking and working 16 hours a day and then eight hours a day on the weekends. Like, you know, so, so understanding those things and then kind of narrowing, narrowing the job search down was also definitely a part of it. 
Yeah, for sure. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm have never been against long work hours. Like we're going to hustle. You got to do what you got to do. And I can hold it down at home. But I mean, obviously Ryan wanted to have some semblance of balance in his life after, you know, a little bit of unbalance for his time in the army. Yeah, no, those, I, I, those are great motivators. And I think those are great things that, you know, define how you make the decisions and do what you're going to do. And I know Ryan and I hit on it and I think it's just great. I think, you know, as we, as we, as I continue to have these episodes, I just think it's important for, you know, listeners out there to just understand kind of this, you know, it's, I hate to call it having a backup plan, right. Or like something, you know, it's like, like don't, and you never want to anticipate failure, but I think, you know, in my episode, one of the things that I talked about was I didn't anticipate failure. And my wife was a huge advocate for like, you know, I was like, again, I was like, no, like I am going to work for this company because that's what I'm trained. Like that I'm in the army. I'm going to work for the army. Like there's no getting out. Like that's it. And so I had that same mentality. And, you know, so I think it's one of those things that when you guys are, it's, it's, it's important to have those. Okay. Like here's this, here's this backup plan, you know, just in case. And I think had I done that, I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting, right? Everything happens for a reason. And I think, you know, God definitely orchestrated that whole event uh, because if, if it didn't happen, I might not be sitting here right now. Uh, yeah, for sure. When Ryan started in construction, it, it's it's on paper, it was a perfect fit, right? Um, but it ended up being not a good fit at all. And so just being able to pivot, and I think that's... It's a learned skill. Yes, it is. Be, and I think him being at Booth and getting his MBA really actually gave him the confidence to say, okay, I can pivot out of construction. Just because I was an engineer in the army doesn't mean I have to stay an engineer. Um, I think, you know, you lacked the confidence a little bit to originally when we were job hunting for him to say, you know, I can look into these types of jobs or these types of jobs. But um, after starting at Booth and realizing that he's a quick learn and he's coachable and, you know, picking it up quick because he was interested in it, then he was like, all right, I can go look at these types of jobs now, even though my resume doesn't totally reflect it. Mm. Um, I think being able to say that, like, all right, I'm just going to go for it. And I, I think that there's, there's two things that probably um, attribute to the lack of both you and I having a lack of a, of a, of a backup plan for lack of a better term. Um, number one, and I think you may be able to attest to this and our wives certainly would be able to attest to this from the time that maybe even before we started West Point, like everything's very prescribed. Like, I don't know about you, but especially being on the football team or possibly being recruited, like you knew you were going to West Point West Point. I didn't finish my common app. Because I thought like, hey, the I'll hear, I'll hear back from West Point before I have to turn in my common app. So I only applied to West Point. And then you get to West Point and everything from there on out for the next nine years is incredibly prescribed. Mm -hmm. And so you don't really have a backup plan because everything's planned for you. And so then when you get out into the real world and the left and right limits are 360 degrees, you kind of, you may not know what to do. And I think that that is, to, to Katie's point, being able to learn quickly, and I think that it's a, one of the one of the great things that you're doing with five and fly is now that you have that experience and you've talked to people through the podcast, being able to craft a resume 
with the experience that you have in the army to, to fit whatever role it may be that you're passionate about, whether or not you think you're qualified, you can learn it quickly just with the skills that you developed in the military. And so I think that those, those two factors, both the, the, the prescription of the military life and then the, the tight left and right limits to no limits whatsoever can really attribute to, um, either analysis by paralysis or just like, uh, fear of failure. Yeah. Ryan and I actually always say when we're sometimes when we're planning or having these discussions, Ryan's brain operates in bullet points on a PowerPoint. Like here's three <laughs> bullet points. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. Next slide. Here's three points. Next slide. And I, my brain is more like a Prezi. Like, let's look at the big picture. Now let's zoom in on this slide. Now let's zoom back out. Now let's zoom in on this slide. And so I think for Ryan, just understanding that careers do not have to be linear. Mm. Um, and I don't have to follow a set prescribed like prescription. And we can we can figure it out as we go and we can pivot when we need to. Um, that was important to to learn. Uh yeah, I, I, Ryan, I mean, you hit, you hit the nail on the head. I think that's exactly it. And I think my wife and I might've touched on that briefly, but that that's it. Right. At, at a certain point once, so I actually got recruited by, you know, the Naval Academy first to play football, but it, it was from early on when I was, you know, on the varsity team as uh, you know, a sophomore in high school, it was one of those things where my coach was like, look, I'm like, you're probably going to get a D one scholarship playing football. Um, if not a D1 AA FCS. And so from that point on, my life was like, okay, I'm going to get a football scholarship. And then obviously, you know, Navy and, 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 and army came knocking at the door and, and to your point, the rest was history, right? It's like, okay, sure. I'm going to get in the Academy. Okay. I didn't get in the Academy. I got to the prep school, but it's like, okay, you go to the prep school, you get in the Academy and, you know, you do your four years, five years after that, you're in the army. And then, you, you know, you just kind of plug and chug from there. And, and that, and that's so true. I think, that's a great point. And, and for all listeners out there, like, please heed that warning. Like you're just don't like get down on yourself. It's just, you know, when, when you're, when you've been rocking in the same rut for 10 years, right. That rut's pretty deep and it's hard to get out of it and go laterally. Like you're saying. Yeah. And even getting comfortable with not being the best. Mm. Um, I think that Brian, um, you know, it can just, he, like he said, he applied to West Point, got into West Point and then, graduated West Point, even he went through ranger school straight through and just the whole army thing, not that it came easy, but it, he was good at it and it went well. And then all of a sudden he was in this unknown territory and just getting comfortable with not being the best and being a small fish in a big pond. Um, that's somebody, that's something that everybody who's transitioning in and out of any career field just has to get comfortable with and just roll with it. Yeah. I think that's a great point to like, especially as, a, as, you know, Katie, as you being, you know, support for him and trying to like help Ryan transition and like find this, I guess, you know, it seems as though you recognize this thing in him. So I guess, you know, in that recognizing that Ryan struggled at, you know, not being the best and transitioning, how, like, how did you encourage him? And how did you say like, Hey, like, it's okay. Like, you know, <laughs> to your point, like, here's all these other attributes about you, like focus on that. And then the rest will kind of, we'll, we'll kind of figure this thing out together. I think just always reiterating that I had total and complete trust that he would take care of like our family. Um, I never doubted that for a second. 
it didn't matter what job he was going to get or if he was going to go to grad school or not, or what grad school he was going to go to. I just, I have an unwavering faith that he will take care of mm-hmm. everything that needs to be taken care of. And as a team, we're going to take care of our family. And so I think just, I don't know, having that backing, would you say that that was? Yeah. In, in, in a process where you can feel, um, hopefully, hopefully people don't feel this way now that, now that you're doing this, but in a process where I felt kind of lacking resources and kind of out on an Island, um, having someone who would just like you said, be like, Hey, it's okay. Like we will figure this out. Even if it, like I said, 0.5 for three batting average, you know, um, it, it'll, it'll buff, right. Um, having someone who's there in your corner saying, you know, we'll figure it out. Um, when, you know, you, you may not think of it paralleling the military when you're getting out, but like everybody has a contingency plan. And if the contingency plan fails, there's a tertiary plan. Um, and then if you have to come up with a plan on the spot, you come up with a plan on the spot. Um, and you know, looking back on it, she was kind of that person who was like, Hey, let's, let's, let's reevaluate. And then let's, let's go down that secondary path. Let's go down that tertiary path. Um, cause, cause it'll happen. We just got to keep, we just have to keep working hard regardless of what industry we're in, regardless of what stage of life we're in, um, whether we have kids, whether we don't, um, you know, she, she'd been there to remind me of that through, through the whole process. Man, that's awesome. That's such a great picture. Great teamwork guys. Uh, it's, 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 <laughs> I, it's just so cool. I mean, I think, you know, this, like I, to me kind of, you know, this episodes and the others that I've recorded of just kind of, you know, husband and wife coming together and kind of processing through this thing that happened, you know, it's like, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna say I'm pretty sure. You, you had, guys had some recollection of what you were signing up for, right? Like when you were oh, diving yeah. into this world. But it's like you don't truly understand, and it, 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 it you know, it really kind of tests that that you know that marriage strength, that bond, that friendship. Like you said, that you know, this person that's your best friend, Kate. My wife's the same way. She's she's my you know, really at the end of the day, she, I, she's just like my best friend. And, uh, and, and I'm so, and I'm so thankful that like, uh, you know, like, you know, Ryan and Katie, it sounds like you guys got to marry your best friend, which is, I think is so cool. And it's such an important factor going into this. Uh, so to all the listeners out there, if you're looking to marry somebody, marry your best friend, because if you're thinking about getting out one day, uh, they play a very significant role and I don't ever want that to be undermined. Oh man. You know, I, I think one thing that I, I kind of want to hit on because, you know, especially for our peers, uh, for Ryan and I's peers, right. A lot of these guys are, are, are in their command, um, thinking about command or thinking about taking a second command and really kind of processing through what that looks like. And, you know, commands just the harder platoon leadership time, you know, more hours spent and, and more stressful nights. And I think, you know, you guys sat down and you, you know, right. SFAS was a, was an option, you know, that was something that was thrown on the table. And then there was this idea of command and, you know, we all know, you know, special forces is, is just, is a crazy lifestyle, but uh, you know, this idea of 
choosing not to pursue a command, um, you know, I'm pretty sure that was probably, you know, Ronnie, you mentioned like, this is the most fun I ever had, but then there's also this, like you, and I think we had hit on it while we were at West Point, like command is the epitome of everything that is a West Pointer kind of thing. Like if you don't make company command, then like you wasted your West Point education, or at least that's how I felt, whether or not that's true. I don't know, you know, the, the votes out, but anyways, uh, you know, how, yeah. How, like, what did that conversation look like for you guys, you know, kind of just playing that out you know, how did you, you know, yeah. How did you go about it? You know, I think kind of knowing the, what you wanted to do. Um, I, I think that the commanders that I had in my time, um, prior to getting out played, played a role in that decision. Um, I had two great commanders. I also had, you know, three commanders that I worked for that I, I didn't work that well with. And I, and I didn't think were, were the things that, that I wanted to be. Um, and I saw other officers, whether it be on staff or up at brigade staff. Um, but I was like, you know, if this is the cal, if this is if this is who's going to take command, and and I think that in addition to that, I, I touched on this in our podcast, but like I absolutely like loved into this day, like still keep in touch with some of my best friends are are my squad leaders, my my or my squad leaders, my platoon sergeant. I knew that I wasn't going to come back to to my company, which was you know and still is one of one within within the army, um, and and so that was super special to me, and I felt like you know if I can't if I can't do that or go to SFAS, I think I'm done. Um, and, and that was what I posed to Katie. I said, you know, if I, I, I know that the odds of me going back to Fort Bragg to this specific company are astronomical and the lifestyle of special forces community and starting a family is more difficult on the family than the fulfillment that I'll get out of the career then I, I think the way that I laid out the conversation made it kind of easy for Katie to like agree 100% and quickly get back to Chicago as soon as possible. <laughs> I think too, it was like a logistics conversation too, just with yeah. timing of timing of him getting out. And just, it was sort of like, is it that, is it that important to you for you to stay in to do that? And it, the answer was no. Yeah, no, I, I, I just, I think that's one of the things that I just kind of wanted to hit on because, you know, it's, there are a lot of guys, I, I have a, a really good friend in, um, in my MC and, you know, he's wrapping up his third command, our, our missional community, our church group, and he's wrapping up his third command. And, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where each person has their philosophy on command and, you know, what it looks like and, you know, just the fulfillment it brings. And so, you know, I, I just feel that's kind of one of those things that I, you know, I think down the road, some of the podcast episodes I'm going to have is like these guys that went into command. I think the series will kind of be not in a, in a mean way, but the series is going to be like, was it worth it? Right. You know? It's just because I think it's one of those things where it's like command is a toll. And I think it, I think at the end of the day, you know, especially if you don't have a strong support person that, you know, your husband, wife, fiance, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, who isn't challenging the process and helping you kind of look at these additional things, right? It's like, you know, you didn't mention the one thing. And then Katie's like, well, it was kind of like a logistical thing too, right? And it's like, and you know, it was COVID and 
And that was another thing too, is that nothing really looked, it was like early, you know, 2020 level. And so everything was really up in the air about what mm. even that would look like. What Kevin's career course what would Kevin's look like. What career course would look like, what take, I mean, it was just, everything was so bizarre. And so it was sort of like, are we going to stick around for some, you know, it just, so that played a role too. And now that as I'm listening to you, I'm like, oh yeah, this was also like peak COVID. And that was a weird thing as well. COVID, the, yeah, uh, yeah really, really separated. I was, I was actually, I remember I was at Triple C and you know january there's like oh there's this COVID thing and we're all kind of like whatever it's gonna be the next bird flu like it's gonna be crazy for two weeks and then like february hits around and it was like nobody leave post like you were not allowed right. to and, then, and then i'm like sitting here and i'm like okay well my wife's in austin uh yeah. and i'm in lot in oklahoma uh we're trying to get pregnant there's a very mm-hmm. physical aspect yeah. to that that means we need to be in the same geographical location that uh, would be helpful yeah <laughs> And, you know, and then I'm just like, this is not conducive for what I want to do or what we yeah. want to do with our lives. And, you know, I think for a lot of people who were in the army during the COVID times, it made it abundantly clear, like what the army's priority was. And it wasn't me or Ryan, right. was, you know, covering their own butts. And so I think, yeah, I mean, we had friends get stuck on deployment. I mean, that uh, was like a wild time. And so I think we were just sort of disillusioned you know, like you said, it during COVID, it became clear, you know, like the, um, the priorities of the army and, um, and that's okay. Yeah. And that's right? yeah, totally. They need to be that way for a reason. Totally. Yeah, totally. for sure. Nothing. But wrong it was like, it. it's like, all right, this is probably a good time for us to head out. Yeah. Yeah. And right. To your point, it's not that, you know, you're jaded by it, but it just becomes very, you know, it's like, oh, the armies, they're like, oh, we're here to support your family. We're here to do this. And I, and I firmly believe that, you know, to your point about the TRICARE debacle, like, you know, like we had a, when I get out of the army, they're like, oh yeah, TRICARE extends for 90 days and you got all this time. And, you know, I think what my son was, had to go to a six month doctor's appointment and they're like, oh yeah, no, that uh, TRICARE won't cover that. I was like, now wait a second. You know, like, that's basic healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. was like, like, what's going on here? And you know, it, it worked out. It was fine. You know, whatever. We had we had saved our emergency fund, got it all squared away, got yeah. things figured out. But it was kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, they provide to you, they provide for you until they don't. And you know, yeah. um, but again, it's I, I I think the army, you know, and the grand scheme of it all, the army does do a lot of great things for for the people. You know, comfortable lifestyle, relatively speaking. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Right. As long as you're cool with the long, late nights, long deployments, things of that nature. Um, you know, I think uh, one thing that uh, I hit on when I talk to the transitioning officer is kind of like these ranking these things. And I think you guys hit on it, but I would I'd be interested to hear, you know, your thought with these other things in place. But, you know, uh, I, I think we know that what your number one is, and that's that was location getting back to Chicago, but kind of ranking them out after that, right? So when I ask people, hey, when you're separating, what are the most important things? And those are, you know, uh, location, company, salary, work-life balance, and autonomy of work, like your ability to just kind of work autonomously. Um, and so, so Katie, I think, mm-hmm. I think we all know number one was location. I think, you know, moving back to Chicago, well, you guys were in Chicago and staying there was, mm-hmm. was key, but kind of, how would, how would you rank it afterwards? And, and how did that kind of affect your decision-making process? 
I don't know. It's so hard because to rank them, um, especially when we're talking about a job, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think something that we've learned or something that Ryan has learned through the transition is that he will never have a job that gives him the same level of fulfillment that being a platoon leader did Mm. um, in many ways. So you have to seek that fulfillment in other places. So Ryan is an extremely competitive person. Um, He likes physical challenges. So he runs marathons and triathlons and does, you know, amateur golf tournaments and will sit on Lake Michigan in the freezing cold to fish. And like, he has to find that type of fulfillment outside of work because there will never be a job, you know, that kind of gives him that, that like feeling of not adrenaline. Cause those, not that I guess running a marathon is like an adrenaline rush, but that kind of nothing's going to be intensity. Yeah. Nothing's going to be Friday night, hanging out with the boys in pack shed one waiting for, you know, a night jump out of a C-17. Like you're just, you're not going to get that in a, in, in any other job. So, um, I, so I think it's finding those things that you loved about your, about the army, finding ways to recreate that feeling in your job. And then also outside of your job. Um, I think that, that's was more important for Ryan, um, for his transition. Yeah, man, that's, that is a much, and that's why you're a teacher because that's just like such a great answer and it makes more (laughs) like, it's just like, that's the, that's the correct answer. I mean, that is the correct answer, right? The teacher (laughs) always has the right answers. I don't know about that. (laughs) Um, I, man, that's just such a great, well, I honestly never thought about that. Right. It's like, it, you're, you're, it's, it's so true it's like you know I, my friends always make fun of me They're like you know for somebody who wanted to go out of the military you still talk about the military a lot and uh <laughs> it, you know and it's like yeah i just you missed that time and now i didn't know this about you i didn't know you were a little am, amateur golfer uh that now that i found this out i'll i'll kind of make a soft public announcement announcements <laughs> but one of my one of my like year goal plans is to have an old grad open uh golf tournament at pinehurst <laughs> well i <laughs> i i had the oppor- i had the opportunity to go play pinehurst last year as like my one year of being out of the anniversary one year of being out of the army anniversary and i of course took my lunch money and ran um, it's so fun though it's oh, such I, a fun yeah i i loved it but i think that's i mean seeking fulfillment not only in your job but outside of it, right. Finding things. And so, you know, not to your point, not necessarily ranking those things in order, but finding how can you, you know, pick something or how can you put those as you seek a job opportunity to be like, okay, I can seek fulfillment through these things to kind of recreate this to the best of my ability. I think that's such, man, that's such a great, that's just a great answer at the end of the day. I mean, I can't really say anything other than that. I was, I'm, I'm speechless. I don't know. I don't know how to respond to that. Um, well, no, I'm they, glad I could add some value. I was so nervous that I was going to have nothing valuable to say. So I'm you, glad that you, nugget was helpful. Are you, are you kidding me? This, this whole conversation has been absolutely amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, as as I make that statement, you know we're 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 approaching that hour mark, um, and I know it's getting getting late. Um, again, I, thank you, guys, thank you so much, Katie, for coming on, Ryan, for coming on again. 
having this conversation with me. Uh, one question that I like to ask, um, and sometimes I feel like it gets answered, but then I ask the question at the end of the day and, you know, it, somebody, people kind of like think about it. They're like, well, you know, I was kind of thinking about this. And so really one of the things that, and I think it's such an important thing to start your separation journey by asking, but you know, the, really the, the question is, you know, Katie, and I, and I think you could have this, you know, what was your why for getting out of the military? I think it just boiled down to the way we wanted to raise our family. Um, like I mentioned at the kind of the top, I saw some really incredible women operate and run their families. And I was so impressed, but I also knew that that wasn't the way I wanted our family to operate. Um, I wanted our kids to be around their cousins and their aunts and uncles and their grandparents. Um, I wanted them not to have to move every three years or um, not to have to say goodbye to dad every, you know, 12 months or whatever. So I think that's just what it boiled down to um, for us, for me. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Well, guys, you heard it. You heard it from the, uh, you heard the other side of Ryan's story, uh, albeit maybe the better side um, <laughs> from, from Katie. But guys, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on, um, giving up your time, your evening together. Um, I know, you know, the, the late nights are usually something that my wife and I cherish because at the end of the day we sit down and it's like, we just talk and we hang out and we have a good time. So I thank you for sacrificing that uh to this podcast but i really do feel that um although this this series right words with your spouse was kind of like something as like i oh, will see how it goes i uh, there are a lot of people out there that are finding extreme value and actually sitting down with their fan like they're sitting down with one another and kind of laying like you know wait a minute we had never kind of processed what we just went through and you know this podcast episode helped us spark that and you know it's conversations like these and you guys sharing these like very close uh, you know, personal things, uh, with audience is really just, you got, you guys are helping make something really special. And, and quite frankly, I couldn't do it without, um, all of you guys. So thank you so much again for coming on and for all the listeners out there. If, you know, I, I'd say this at the end of every episode, if you guys have somebody that you think would be a good fit for the podcast, um, or if you yourself think you'd be a good fit for the podcast, please go to fiveandfly.com, reach out to me. I'd love to have you on. I'd love to have a podcast with you and just talk about your separation story because they're, you know, as we talked about in this episode, each one's different. It looks different and it's all awesome in its own way. Um, and then if you're thinking about getting out, go to fiveandfly.com, take the transition readiness survey, see where you're at, schedule a one-on-one -on -one call with me. Let's try and get you aligned on the right azimuth. Um, and then be on the lookout for a few products that are going to be coming out, the ebook, 10 things I wish I would have known before out of the military and some actionable steps there. Um, got to figure out a better name for this, but I'm calling as of right now, it's the SFL tap 2.0. Um, I don't want to be associated with that garbage, but, uh, you know, we got, got to start somewhere to, to create the reference point, but yes. Awesome. Utters, thank you so much again for having, you know, for coming on and, and having this, having this chat with me. Um, it's the audience out there. Remember it'll buff.
for tuning in to this episode of the It'll Buff Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I really enjoy having them. Here's the thing. If you liked that episode, please do a few things to help me out. One, go save this podcast. Put it in your library. I'm going to be releasing one episode a week, every week, here on Forward. The next thing is go to fiveandfly.com and take the survey. It'd be really helpful for you to take the survey to help paint a picture of where each member that is separating from the military that's interested in this community is at. There's all kinds of questions, things that I've covered from previous episodes, so please go take the survey. Third, please go schedule one-on-one on the website. I'd love to talk to you and hear where you're at in your transition journey and help at least put you on the right azimuth and potentially work with you for the, for the future to come. Lastly, if you or somebody you know has a separation story that you would like this community to hear, please reach out to me so we can schedule that story and I'd love to have you on the podcast. Again, this is a community by you guys for the people that are coming behind us. The goal is to make each person that comes behind us as they separate from the army have a more successful path than we did. That's the goal. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed and remember, it'll buff.